0: Ah, uh, welcome to preach, KeV. Preach. We are the prophets here, my boy Rashad. Uh, coming at you, man. Shout out to uh, not shout out, but you know we want to pay homage and remembrance of Martin Luther King Jr. Uh, for what he has done. You know, for for Americans, Black Americans especially. Um, you know, all the things that ha- happened in the civil rights. Uh, so we we pay homage, moment of silence. however you want to do it uh, for Martin Luther King Jr. <clears throat> Rashad, what's going on?
1: Uh, not much. Yeah, I know everybody. You know the people who do have the luxury of getting it. People you've enjoyed the MLK day off, but at the same time, he was way more than just a day off. He paved the way for where society is today. Whether that's in the the sports realm of you, you have uh, everybody coming together, no matter race or nationality. Then you also have just in the workplace or when you go to the movies. They got there's so many good movies out there, aren't separate theaters or there aren't separated, you know, separated or segregated restaurants, things like that. So he made a major impact in the world today that we live in and uh, much respect and kudos to MLK and of course his living family who still carry on his legacy.
0: Yeah, definitely. Uh, <clears throat> I didn't, I didn't have the luxury of having the day off, but I did take me a extended period lunch and that was my, <clears throat> that was my remembrance uh, uh, for, you know, for the MLK day. Uh, you know, it, it was a great lunch, too. a right? matter of fact, it was, you know, peaceful, quiet, and and long. I, I like – I enjoyed it.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah, MLK had to represent for him some kind of way, right? <laughs> right, exactly.
0: <laughs> exactly. Um, Let's get into the uh, – hey, we had a lot of sports to unpack this past weekend. We finally have our – you know, all the games played. We finally had the two remaining teams in the Super Bowl. So let's start off with the AFC side. Uh, Chiefs versus Titans uh <clears throat> I think it was a you know it wasn't as bad as the Texans being up, but we, we said we said last time that whoever's up in this game, is gonna be hard for the other team to come back, especially if it's three possessions. Uh Titans got up 10-0. Uh Chiefs was able to come back and make it 10-7. And then I didn't get nervous until Titans went up 17-7. I was like, Hold on now, Chiefs. Yeah, you know, you know, y'all, y'all need to settle down. And and eventually they did. They they pulled the double double whammy on the Titans two touchdowns right before the the half and then start the second half. So um, they did their part, got up, and Tennessee had to abandon the play- game plan.
1: Yeah, I thought Tennessee needed to get up by at least 20 or so to even have a, a shot at it. And even that would have still been modest considering, you know, when you got such an explosive offense that can bomb you for one play. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. So I thought Tennessee would have to get up by at least 20. If, if Tennessee would have had the lead that Texans had, depending upon what point in the game you're at, it might be effective. But when you, you know, like you said, 17-7, it's still early in the game. It's just so much opportunity to come, make a comeback or throw a, throw a haymaker and you got a bomb touchdown. It's right back in at 17-14. So it was a good game. Like I I think everybody expected it to be a good, close, competitive game until, mm-hmm. of course, Kansas City just kind of overwhelmed them with their firepower. power.
0: Yeah, I think the Titans played a good 25 minutes to start the game. You know, is a uh, what, 30 minutes uh, each half. And I kind of – when they got the ball back and I was like, okay, I understand the run of the clock down, try not to let them score a touchdown. And when it works, it's great. And when it doesn't, it, look, it looks terrible. And they, they was able to run the clock down, put it away. And, you know, Mahomes made a spectacular play, avoiding rushes. I really don't know how he got out of that. I know at the end they try to strip the ball out and he ended up falling forward. So that was, that. I think that drive was the, I want to say game changer because when it was, when it was seven, I think it was 17 14 at the time, when they got the ball back and they were able to score a touchdown and go up, it, I don't know, I don't know if Tennessee was scared, but it, it, it did, it did like it changed the way that they played. And, you know, Frank Clark, to me, still delusional what he said about, uh, Derek Henry wasn't the best running back, and he, hit, he he's not hard to tackle. Well, from what I saw, it was five Chiefs on him every time he got tackled. I didn't see one guy bring him down. So I don't know what, what – and after the game, you know, he had this big old speech about y'all shouldn't doubt me. Okay, Derek Henry will stop the 69 rushing yards, but we talked about the strength of the Titans and the strength of the Chiefs are you know are two different things, run versus the pass. and if Chiefs got up, you couldn't run the ball no more and you know that was to me that was the the most side factor.
1: Yeah, once somebody gets a lead on tendency more than uh I'd say more than 10 points and time is winding down, you're always inclined to abandon the run because you're trying right. to you, you're trying to make up ground for as points wise and you also got to account for we got to get the ball back and still make another push so you kind of have to abandon the run to a certain degree. But they still had a good game plan. It's just once you their style of play, like is kind of like their option one, run the ball, option two, run and pass, then option three is just strictly pass. So you kind of start looking all right, well, we don't want to get to option three because that's when you're gonna probably lose the game,
0: right? And it was, uh, I think what Derrick Henry had like what three carries in the second half. I mean, that's not that's not Tennessee way, that's not a Tennessee football style. And when that happens, that's the reason why the game turned the way it did. And I think, what, I, I was sitting there watching, and then, okay, Tennessee still has a shot. You're down 28-17. You, you still have a shot. And then, boom, Sammy Watkins, bomb, who we haven't heard of Sammy Watkins since week we one in fantasy. Uh, so it's been a long time. And, uh hey, he, he did in the right moment, though. So shout-out to Sammy for, for making a big play. And, hey, these Chiefs, man, I mean, it's just too many weapons. I just, Tyreek Hill, Kelsey, um, the running backs don't have to be good when you have Miko Harmon can can take a, a right receiver's uh, sweep to the you know for 30 yards or something like that and you got Sammy over top. So I think everybody's playing their role and I remember we said this it had to be a while ago but when we're talking about who who we think it was a pretender. I remember we been, we both mentioned the Texans and then I mentioned the Chiefs to an extent as far as two things. They teams that who make, who win the Super Bowl, run the ball and stop the run. And when we get to NFC side is the reason why that team is in the Super Bowl. And the Chiefs team finally got that together. They they was able they they couldn't they couldn't run the ball. They haven't they haven't figured that out. But but stopping the run, they made it. And I think stopping Derrick Henry, you know, game tackling that was the key to success. Because if you got him let him get going, one thing Derrick Henry didn't have that I thought he would was that sixty yard pop that he always has. He didn't get it this time.
1: Yeah, normally it just kind of comes by way of volume. Like he'll get so many, and he's wearing defense down so he can then break one. But right. once once they kind of started veering away from the run, it kind of limited its opportunities to set the defense up to break one. So I mean I can't say they they really stopped the run. Granted, like when you look at the box score, it says they stopped the run. But right. It, but it's kind of just by default of all right now we have to abandon it to still remain competitive for the game. So and that's my main thing for the Chiefs winning the game. They should have. They could have. They should have and could have won a regular season matchup. But I just still I just knew like. Speed kills. You got Hill, Hardman, Sammy. At some point, like it's just gonna be too overwhelming because playing fantasy, I think for about seven, eight weeks straight, there was like always one receiver who was gashing Tennessee for a hun- over 100 yards. Like if you played mm-hmm. DraftKings, Kings, you knew like, all right, I need to get a whoever playing Tennessee. I need one of the receivers if they're gonna get me 100 yards. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so you know, at some point when you got that that speed across so many levels, plus best tight end in the game, it's gonna be overwhelming to a certain degree at some point.
0: Yeah, on the Chiefs side, I think, you know, you talk about the fast and speed. This is that one of those games where you look at it and you be like, okay, who, you know that's you know that saying about uh fast people get slow and then while big people they stay big. You know, that's that is something I was interested in looking at. And uh you know Tennessee got some big people like at least on the offensive side and I thought you know their offensive big guys Eventually we were down to Kansas City. And Chris Jones, he wasn't playing that much to begin the game. I think that's you know, that that's something that changed. I think Chris Jones just say, sucked, sucked it up and said, Hey, it's time to play. Cause you know, he was only playing third downs, which, you know, that's on that first drive, he got that, I think that pressure sack on Tannehill got to a field goal. But then the second drive, he didn't he didn't play the first second down. They didn't write right down the field again. Then he started playing every single down, and I think I think Tennessee just couldn't handle it because Chris Jones is a monster.
1: I think he's a he, monster. Yeah, it would just go hard or go home. He didn't want to leave the game with any regrets of what if I didn't play or all that kind of <laughs> right. stuff. So so for his his mental state and probably for his team's sake, I feel like my brothers need me. I got to go out there and play. He he had to go in and step up.
0: Um, it's big decisions for Tennessee this offseason. So we see – to me, I, this, is, this is why it comes down to my philosophy of why you don't pay running backs. So here we go. Do the Titans pay Henry. And but the reason why you don't pay was right there because you said once once the run was abandoned, like he was pretty much useless, right? And so it's for a guy who's gonna make he he's probably gonna get fourteen million dollars, let's say for example, and if, if they're losing, I mean, what else what's he gonna do? He's not that he's not McCaffrey on Barkley in the running game. Uh he, he's more of that Adrian Peterson mode of, you know, is it's an all day type of thing. I'm I'm running down your throat all day, but if I, if I have to catch the ball, you know, you you might give me a screen every now and then, but it's not like it's consistent. And then another situation they have to worry about is, okay, do they pay Tannehill and for how long? Because he's a quarterback to me. I think he's in that that class of, you know, your peaks and valleys. Like, you have this guy with him. Your peak is making the age championship game. Maybe a Super Bowl, depending on your luck and who you're playing against, why you're going to have those valleys of, okay, you 8-8 eight eight because – you know, let's say A.J. Brown missed Terry ACL. No no injuries wishing on pump people, but he Terry ACL out for the whole season or, you know, your best defensive player goes out. You know, those those different situations that you can't really control, and he, they might go 79. So they, they'll have a good range, 79, and, and, and see how far they got today. Now, can you pay someone like that who has a peaks and valleys and for, for a long time and pay him? like You know, those are questions I want to see Tennessee answer.
1: Yeah, as far as Tannehill goes, they really can't bind themselves to him long-term because he had a great, great year. And, of course, the talent that's there is going to probably remain there as far as Corey Davis. They signed Freeze, A.J. Brown. So you have the weapons to support him if you decide to give him a franchise tag, two-year deal, nothing more than a three-year deal. I would suggest nothing more than three. I would just stick to two. Um, so you do have the weapons to support him because th- this would be his best coach team and best. Like I said from the beginning, like this is his best coach team and his, the best weapons he's had. Because in Miami, you didn't really have that run game. Of course, Gase wasn't the top. I, I'm not trying to say Rayburn's just the greatest of all time either. Man, right, right, right. But but, he, but he's better than Gase in my opinion. So Tannehill does have the weapons to be viable if they decide to re- retain him. As far as Henry, I don't. I think Tennessee has to be cautious. I couldn't. Does he have the leverage? I'm the Russian champion. Uh, I think he led the league in touchdowns as well, so he does have the leverage to go command 13, 14 million. I need to mean be the best payback in the league, but at the same time, why on the franchise, the ownership and the GM side, why would you do that when he's he's not Le'Veon Bell or Gurley, who is a Multi dimensional background Granted, he hasn't been hurt, but at the same time, you still got to think about all right, this guy, when the game is not in our favor, for far as playing with a lead or playing on an even playing field of a 17 17 type of game, 20 17 type of game, we have, we can still run the ball, but when we're, we're not in that predicament, we have to abandon the run. So you kind of have to look at your options and say, hey, maybe we give him 12, 11 and a half, but I couldn't make him the best even though he's playing like the best RB in the game, I couldn't make him the highest paid RB in the game just for financial reasons and long-term reasons. But if you decide to do it because you are one of the smaller market teams in the NFL, the best thing you can do is just go draft a RB that does supplement what he lacks and could potentially be your next key, key back like a Jonathan Taylor or there's Dobbins out there, or even, even Swift from Georgia. I mean, they're, there are options. We know ETN is going with the Clemson, so he's off the board now, but there are options out there that you can draft. Cause Deion Lewis is probably out. He was, he he really was a failure in Tennessee, honestly.
0: <laughs> he did nothing this year <laughs> at all. <laughs> but yeah, I think I think that's the exact plan. I, I would say I would I would limit uh, limit them and say we're gonna run this back one more time. Um, <clears throat> franchise tag Henry, transition tag Tannehill and run it back one more time because like I said, I think this this team this team is good. I like we've been saying this team is winning despite of the quarterback play and <clears throat> if only a guy that has the has the the peaks and valleys. Okay, this might be the best y'all can get. Like cuz one it's Mah- it's a Mahomes lead now. And you're in the AFC South. I mean a- AFC, so you you can't escape him. Um then you got the Ravens who at least structurally will always be there. Uh Pittsburgh going to fix their quarterback situation to, um at some point. And the Patriots—they're never going to go anywhere. So don't don't think that Tannehill and Henry are the key to success, which they, they have been this season. But like you say, I—I I mean, we talk about the weapons. They'll get Delaney Walker back. He might not be the same. Corey Davis, definitely not good as his draft capital. But uh, yeah, Tennessee. Yeah, you're right about that draft. J.K. Dobbins or 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 Swift, and, and and if you pay Henry, at least you got a, a cheaper running back for another four years. Kind of similar to. Demarca Murray and then uh,
1: they hearing that they did before, yeah. Like, it all bounces out. Like if, if you pay one RB and you have the the rookie scale, it's kind of like, well, we got we got two for two
0: for that price, for, yeah, for, yeah. Like,
1: for basically like two for 16 million dollars so because you have the rookie money plus you know, whatever he was to do. So it's kind of like, oh, we got two RBs for this amount of money, so you have to look at it from that, stand, that standpoint yeah. versus saying, oh, we we overpaid and now it's a bad deal. Well, yeah, Tannehill may be the best they can do, but I think at some point within this year or next, they should start trying to draft a quarterback. Um, I'm not sure who would really fit there because a guy like Jake Fromm is more—he's viewed more as a game manager. So I don't think that would fit them because you kind of need somebody who can take the top off at some point. And Tannehill is good with a deep ball, like he, yeah. him that him and the AJ Brown and him the Tajay Sharp. Those were some. Major connections this year, so you kind of is one who can take the top off. So I wouldn't reach, I wouldn't reach, or I wouldn't look at like a, a Jordan Love because you don't really know how good he really is because he had an iffy up and down college career. So it kind of depends what range you're in and what you can get for a potential QB successor. But for the time being, as a stopgap, I would keep Tannehill. And my thing is, you have to have a a, a good QB because Watson's in your division, so he, that's the best QB. So you yeah, need somebody, you, you need somebody who can at least not outdo him, but at least be somewhat competitive with him. If it comes down to a, a matchup of all right, we got he's the best, but can we with our other talent keep up with what the Texans are offering? Uh,
0: somebody just thought of do you do you count this as a a Lucky run by Tennessee. Um, me by that I mean, like, okay, you have you, you have so now, not only did you didn't like, okay, let me just play paint the pitch out. Andrew Luck retired. We both had I had coach going to the Super Bowl before he retired. That I was a preseason. All right, so we both had the same preseason pick in the AFC. So with him retiring, that knocks them out of playoff contention essentially. Big Ben get hurt week one, knocks them out. You know the defense played really, really great. Okay, Um, who else? Then you had you have yeah. I want not say Nick Foles, but um you had the Patriots. Now all of a sudden the offense is just not good anymore. You know, well, even though it was a t- still a statistically wise a top a top half offense, we know that the Patriots offense was lacking this season. Okay, so they kind of you know they were up and down. And not only that, Patriots losing to Miami cost them to buy, making the Chiefs the two, and they were going to play Kansas City. And do you think Kansas City would have beat Tennessee in the wild card? Most likely, right? Yeah, it'd have been the same right. result.
1: Yeah, right. same team, same,
0: same, same result. Same, same result as we saw this past weekend. So it's kind of like, do you think this is a lucky run? Or, I mean, we, I'm not, I'm not going to take them into Tennessee because I like Tennessee a lot, but do you think this like circumstances and they capitalized, or you think it was just lucky of, of how the thing just played that, played out?
1: No, nah, I I don't want to say it's lucky because, uh, it, it, everything takes preparation too. I mean, you anybody can get quote unquote lucky, but if you're not prepared to seize that moment, right? You really you're not really lucky. So you have to have put in the work and be prepared for for those moments. And that's kind of what they did. They they seized their moment. It's no different than Toronto seizing their moment when they got Kawhi and made a trade for Gasol and went all in. Oh, KD's down. That's our championship championship now. LeBron LeBron in the West, and he got hurt? Oh, this is easy. So that's just kind of how it is. You have to also be prepared to handle that moment if you're given that moment. And that's what Tennessee did. They they knew Mariota wasn't cutting it, so they went out and got Tannehill to potentially supplant Mariota if need be. It took them six weeks. They made the move, and they went on a, a phenomenal back half run once they got Tannehill. Um, I don't think it's lucky that he had one of the best pass rates in the league. I don't think it's lucky that Derrick Henry let the league in rushing yards. Even after sitting out a game, he still let right. the league in rushing <laughs> yards. And then, you know, it's just – I think certain things kind of – certain things kind of helped and hurt them because by going to a Fort Mariota, who's to say that if you don't start 10 of his sooner, maybe you get to 10 or 11 wins, then that changed the seating in the playoffs. So, you, you know, you can play a lot of what it is, but at the end of the day, they – they did what they did with Tannehill. They won the seven games. They got in the playoffs. New England um, just didn't have the firepower, and Tennessee. Took advantage of it, they ran the ball and got the win. Uh, Elderman had a drop, that's just what it is. Uh, the Ravens sat their guys for, for a week, had a bye week, and then came back rusty and couldn't get going. And Lamar didn't play the best. That's just kind of yeah, chalk it up today. It's just when those moments arrive, you got to be prepared to deal with it. That's what Tennessee did, they they made the most of the opportunity.
0: Moving to the NFC, uh. San Francisco versus the Green Bay Packers, a rematch, I think, of week 12, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, with 49 to dominate that game, and the scoreboard was closer, but once again, the 49 to dominate again. And uh, I'm not going going into this game, I was sitting there like, the, the, the best way to stop the Green Bay Packers is stop Devontae Adams. If you can stop Devontae Adams, I mean, you that means you're you're begging for Jimmy Graham. and Steinberger, Steinberger, who finally got him a touchdown. You're begging for Allison and MVS and uh, Lazard to, to show up and show up in this in this big moment against that great defense. You know, I think the task would have been hard. Um, I think San Francisco did whatever they wanted to do. And, I'll, and you know, how we talked about, like, the team's weaknesses are the reasons why they've been going home. I, I think that's that's another thing in this situation, uh, you know, while the Ravens went home, while uh, Minnesota went home, while Buffalo went home. While the Texans went home, like we, we, every, every, everybody's weakness showed up at the wrong time, and I think in this situation the same thing happened. Um, but to 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 an agree that Green Bay Green Bay's uh, defensive coordinator, in my opinion, all he he his his defense is based on stopping the pass first, and then we stop the run. And when you play playing a run heavy team, uh, like 49ers, who's a fifty like a fifty fifty team. Which is was ranks like then they're dead last in the NFL in that in that category, then you know th- those odds is not going to play out because if you if you if you can't stop the run because I think they I think their base formation is nickel so they they don't have the, another linebacker out there, and on top of that they're not big up front and the trenches, <laughs> I mean I don't know how many teams weaknesses are the trenches I feel like that's a you know I don't know the four ers are just too great in the trenches. Or, or is that every team's need? Because it feel like every, ta- every team they run up against, it just ain't got enough.
1: Yeah, the 49 they're just built the right way. And their play calling is just – I mean, it's, a, it's at an all-time level right now. Like Kyle Shanahan, he, he's operating at, at a high clip with the plays he's calling. And they're just built so great, man. Even they, they've survived McKinnon being hurt, Breeder being hurt, Colin being hurt. I mean, some people don't even know who Mostert is and this dude taking a top off of four TDs over two hundred yards. I mean, so Man. that's stuff like that. That's just that's just being built properly, coached properly. You know, it's it's just so many things you can say about the 49ers, how they execute it. Uh, green Bay's downfall is ultimately a slow start. You cannot start slow against a team that has a great running game and a great pass rush. So once you your your best weapon are your two errands so once you get behind you have to basically eliminate the run game of aaron jones and go strictly pass. so now right. your your best thing you have to do is throw the ball and their best thing is their pass rush so that's a that's basically a wash <laughs> and then it's not like the fourth our secondary is you know chopped liver these guys are richard sherman's an all-time corner and you got good secondary so you're not going to just be throwing the ball down the field hitting I mean, granted, in the second half they got some passes going, but when you're down 27 right. nothing, you're forced to throw it basically every play after that. You, you they did have the Jones to a certain degree, but they still just they still weren't going to get back in the game that fast. They tried, but the running game is just too. It was just too good to be stopped.
0: <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna say it right now, Carroll Shanahan, outside of Bill Belichick. Is the best coach of football. I, I just don't. I just, I've, I've been saying it for a minute and I've been thinking it for a long time. I just didn't want to say it. And it just, it just, I don't, I don't know what he can't do. Like, it doesn't matter what the who he's playing against. He played against, I mean, I mean, and the thing about it, they can play any style of football, and that's that's scary. I mean, you can outscore a team like the New Orleans Saints 48 46. Uh, you can play that rigid style, of, you know rough, rough on rough versus like the Minnesota Vikings. They had to pound them in the ball, pounded them, pounded them, pounded them. Did the same thing this week against Packers, pounded them, pounded them. Jimmy G only threw the ball nine times. Like, with, I think what threw the ball what, six times in the first half or something like that, some crazy number. Like, th- this is something that can be scary. And, you know, going forward, you know, in the future, hey, they're going to have McKinnon back at some point. He's going to play at least a, a few games in nine ers before you get hurt again or something. But, Coleman, I don't know if he's gonna play Super Bowl, but you know, if he's there, like these guys, he's doing it with he's doing it with undrafted guys. He's doing it with the guys he paid them money, he he's not even using them. And and that's that's the scary part. So um, yeah, I think I think Cal Shanahan is the best coach. He should, in my opinion, should win coach of the year. He might not get it because because John Lynch won executive. I don't think they're gonna pair both of them together, but uh, I still think they both should get it. And it's I mean, it's kinda of like the 49ers, man. I just it, it, it just it just not all watching them um 38 we were in like a trap play to the crib 30 y'all like i mean come on i just i was like come on 38 that's that what you do and it, it worked perfectly i just i don't know what to say man
1: <laughs> well i mean i gotta give dude a shout out because he got paid by the 49ers and he's really been their unsung hero kyle use chick that dude is phenomenal yeah. like like the old line does their job, the tight ends, Kittle, Duele, whoever's in there, they do their job. But but Kyle is like one of their key calls. Like he's a he's a tone setter for that team. With his blocks and the way he knows how to just get right in position to spring the the R B, I think he's their their unsung hero. So you definitely wanna give him a, a, a big shout out because, I mean, who really uses fullbacks? Like they're yeah, I I know New England does it from time to time and uh the Ravens kind of went more tight end, heavy, like three tight ends, but 49ers brought back the fullback, man, and that, and that was kind of almost like deleted from the game for yeah. a while.
0: I would say New England. Oh, I know Minnesota uses theirs. I'm trying to think of other team besides those three, 49ers, New England, Minnesota. It got to be somebody else. I don't think so. I think, I think that's yeah, the only love- three heaviest teams and New England only use theirs really much on goal line, though. like You know, like,
1: yeah, those, the short, short yarding
0: yeah. situation. Yeah. yeah,
1: they'll put James Devlin in. They'll bring somebody in to play the role of fullback. So, it's not a whole lot of teams to use the fullback. So, that's just a kudos to, I guess, from Kyle Shanahan's dad being Mike Shanahan, who, you know, he loved the power run game as a coach. John Lynch is from that era where they ran the ball heavy, had fullbacks. So, I guess it's Mike kinda, Allstock. <laughs> yeah, I guess it's kind of just a, a, a nod to that to that era of – how they built teams back then so i definitely get that much respect to kyle use check and how kyle shanahan and crew use him and green bay's biggest thing that kind of pivots off of that was they could not get off blocks that's why you got most of breaking 30 yarders and nobody can even get a get a finger fingernail on it because yeah. they couldn't get off the blocks so Fortnite is being built through the trenches having use check and good tight ends that they can make good blocks it was just Green Bay's downfall. They couldn't stop the run.
0: Yeah, I would say Green Bay's downfall is the fact that they're too small. Um, outside of Kenny Clark, I mean, what do you what do you expect a corner to do or a safety to do versus Kittle in space, or even even the touchdown that uh, that Moster had in the, I think in the second quarter when uh, Debo Samuel smacked him. he couldn't do nothing. It. He couldn't do nothing about it. So yeah, I think Packers 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 definitely have to get bigger. Um, because I mean, yes, yes, uh Tennessee's big mint ma- didn't happen in the Kansas City game, but like I said, in the fourth quarter, big people don't get smaller. So uh that's 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 something that Green Bay definitely has to has to look forward to. Because even I don't think what's name played that much? Uh Rashawn Gary the one they drafted from Michigan. I, I don't remember seeing him out there in the field that much.
1: Yeah, they they need some more speed and size. Just I mean, this the Smith Zedaris, is that, impressive that's that's great, but <laughs> I mean, they, to me they should go about building their defense how kind of how Seattle Legion of Boom built theirs with Savage and Alexander all those guys they they should go about building their defense the secondary because that way as teams do want to pass you got respect that you can go you got a Cam Chancellor type dude go knock somebody out and
2: you right. got some,
1: <laughs> or, or, or Earl Thomas you got some you got some fear back there versus you know once pe- people aren't scared to throw the ball on you and they're not scared to run the ball on you.
0: Uh, do you? All right. So one last question with the Packers: how, how big is their their window with Aaron Rodgers still left? Uh, because you talk about what they got, what they gotta fix, and that's just on defense when you have to fix the offensive line to an, a certain degree. And their biggest weakness has always been who's the second receiver. Once once Jordan Nelson got old and Adams was the second receiver, and then Cobb left, who 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 was Aaron Rodgers counting on? Now I know people want to blame Aaron Rodgers a lot. Uh, which, you know, hold on to the ball too long and, you know, the fumbles. Okay, yes, we had we to say that's his fault too. But, you know, who are we going to throw to? I've like, I, I seen, you know, the little angle that they have now where it's straight line with the quarterback's view. I didn't see anybody open. You, you, you just want, you, do y'all want Aaron Rodgers to just throw the ball
1: and hope? Like, hope for the best? <laughs> <laughs> if you ask Colin Cocker, here, yeah. Aaron you know, Rodgers has to take chances. He's too safe. Can,
0: what hey. You wanted to do <laughs> you want you wanted to make bad bad decisions. I don't I, you know I would never look I would never you want him to be Jameis Winston is that is that the quarterback we we strive to be? No, so I mean, so how how, how big is the window? Because you know he's not getting any younger. Um, I, I would say his prime to me is over. I I still think he's a obviously a top you know top ten quarterback. Um, but can he be the guy that's no matter what can will you to you know will you to the playoffs just you know just because he's Aaron Rodgers, you know, I don't know. I I I think now you need more help. And like when you play a team like the 49ers, like who you know, like who who has that great pass rush and have and have the decent corners to to, to cover, if you can shut down Adams, I mean, what else can you do? And I mean they, it's not like they didn't try. They tried, they drafted the MVS, they drafted um I, I wanna I think I think they I want to say they drafted like six to seven receivers in the last three, four years. And obviously none on pop. So I think I had it in my mock, my my uh, my mock draft 1.0, them getting a receiver because you need to, you need to you need to help Aaron Rodgers as best you can because he's 34, 35 years old. He he's getting older by the day.
1: Uh, as far as their window, I'm going two to three more years, which is around the time I think Rodgers will retire. Um so I think next year. That'll be his second year under Matt the floor so he can kind of learn some more nuances of that of the system and they can start looking at all right this is what we did great what we don't do great this is what I like this is what I don't like they can kind of start putting all that all that together and then I would just say you know, an additional two more years after that as far as getting some receivers and uh stuff like that but it, my thing is i don't I don't like drafting receivers and I don't like drafting cornerbacks because you just, never, <laughs> and you, you just never know how those two positions will translate to the NFL. Now, granted, Green Bay isn't the best marketplace for us like bringing guys over, but I would just try to look at signing somebody. I mean, I understand they may not have the cap space right now. I look at a salary cap. But if they don't have the cap space or if they don't have... You know, I would just say they need to go get somebody like a Robbie Anderson or a Brandon Cooks, they need somebody alongside those. Aren't the best two options, but that's better than what you have right now. Oh, yeah, definitely. Definitely, you know. So it's because when when you're, and this is no disrespect to anybody, but Lazard showed flashes. There were times Allison showed flashes. There were, you know, MVS has shown flashes here and there. Kumaro showed some flashes, but. You don't need flashes. You don't need no disco lights. Give me you some consistency. Yeah, you don't need a disco light flashing off. And on. You, need, <laughs> you need a light to stay on. <laughs> yeah, right, yeah. So, you need to go get somebody who's a proven receiver and who's ready to win. So, if you can make a trade for a Brandon Cooks, we know the Rams probably want to get off of his deal. You can go get a Brandon, Brandon, even though he's often injured. I mean, much respect because he, you know, he's had a lot of concussions, so he could have some brain stuff going on, so – I don't want to make light of his situation, but if you can get a Brandon Cooks or Robbie Anderson or just some other guys who are who are coming up on on the free agent market, potentially AJ Green, who's dying to win, if you can get somebody who can just be alongside Adams, and then you can kind of let these other guys fill that third and fourth role where they probably actually fit in a way you're probably better off.
0: Two things. Two things before I move on. So, one, if Brandon Cooks go to the to the Packers is Brandon Cook's not been the blessed receiver of all time when it comes to situations like, Oh yeah. Saints, New Orleans, Patriots, Patriots
1: Rams <laughs> Rams
0: like, and he goes to the Packers, man. That just, you know, that just, that first of all, it, it should be the same system. Lafleur Le, McVeigh they all are from the same people. So, you know, that, that is an easier transition. And even Zach Taylor, AJ Green, or well, even though AJ Green didn't play in it, he still learned it. So, uh, but yeah, I, I think those two are good, are good options as well. And you know Robbie Anderson, he might, you might you might not say, oh, he might not be a great option, but he also worked for uh, Adam Gates. And we've seen the likes of Keen Drake, Ten and, and Devontae Parker be free. So you know Robbie Anderson could be in the lead receiver. We just don't know about it yet. Um, but also I think the window, like you said, two, three years, but it, it, it always stays open just because I think the divisionary in, I think if they were in the NFC West with like if you, let's say you swap them out with Arizona Cardinals, then I would say it's closed. Um, just, just, just trying to battle with Seattle, um, you know, four Niners and, and the Rams. I just think that's too much. I think with this division and this division is more of a roller coaster than anything. Like the lions are going to lion. That's, that's the, that's the catchphrase. They, they might get eight wins, but they might most likely be four or five. Right. And then the bears they they, they cycle where they're 11 and five, four and 12, eight and eight. And then Minnesota is the probably the most only consistent threat that they have, where they'll be eight and eight to twelve and four, any of that range. So I, I think be, maybe because of that that they they willing not get to be open. Because let's say next year, if if Bears don't do anything with Mr. Biscay, the Lions, I mean, they have a lot of different holes to fill, and Minnesota are going to be going to be. Are going 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 to be going through different changes this 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 season because you know Rose contract Griffin and you got do you pay, do you pay Cousins do you pay Cook so they have a lot of decisions on their own and if if Packers can stay consistent and fix the hole that they got I mean they probably they probably win the division again and they'd be right there and yeah. at least have the chance you
1: know yeah yeah as long as you have a division that you can at least get into the playoffs on a regular basis that kind of is your window because right uh, injury like injury here or there or you catch the right matchup, and you're, and you're smooth sailing.
0: Tennessee Titans. <laughs> um, piggybacking off this game, we saw that uh, Darrell Reeves had took a shot at Richard Sermon. So are we calling this hate about Darrell Revis, or is he actually speaking some truth to this? And to be fair, I think a guy like Darrell Reeves can say something versus, you know, a corner that's was good for two like Namda Osmogua or whatever the name is, if he said something. Like it's a difference but it's a difference to me if a great say something versus, you know, a a solid player. So I don't know I don't know if Revis's criticism is warranted, but both in their prime, I mean they was the best corner at their position. So um do you think it's more hate on him or you think just Revis trying to get back into the limelight. What do you think it is?
1: Nah, I don't I can't say Rebus is hating on Sherman because they both made valid points. Um, the criticism throughout Sherman's career has always been he's only a one side corner. He only plays certain ways, but he has proven. That, now, granted, the, the one side of the field thing that's fine because he, he was shut down his side of the field. Right, exactly. So, so I don't care what you can they consider. You, I don't. He doesn't care. And I don't care what they consider you a zone corner or whatever they want to consider you. You're shutting down your side of the field. So if you're doing that, you're good with me. You're, you're doing your job. right? So, in that respect, okay, that's depending on how you look at it. Sherman was right. I mean, Reeves saying that, yeah, he only plays one side of the field, but he's also elite at shutting down the side of the field. Well, whereas Reeves traveled. So it's just a different perspective of what they feel like a corner should be. They're both Super Bowl champions. You already said, as at their both their peaks during that era, they were the best corner in the league, um, and then Sherman had a valid point. Revis's ninth year didn't look like how Sherman's ninth years looking, so they both made good points. You know, it's not like you know you can say, "Oh well, this dude is crapping on this dude, and he's all the way right," or he his get back is all the way right. Either. They both made good points.
0: I, th- I think the the only thing I can say to Sherman Sherman. Uh... Point wasn't valid was, his t- you know, talking about team success, and like, because t- to me, that's, that's saying that Sherman. To me, the way Sherman was putting it out was how how I took it was, I'm on his team. That's why we go to the Super Bowl again. While you're on the Jets and you can't do nothing about it, and, you know, and that's you know that's not really, you no, know, that's not really fair to say. Because even even Jets, what didn't Reeves play with Mark Sanchez well, like, and win the three championships in a row?
1: Well, like it's it's fair and unfair because on the, the team Reeves was on the first time, they made uh ALC championship, but right, they lost. Thought, yeah. So, you know, there's still only a certain degree as a corner, there's only a, a certain degree of what you can do, right? And then when he went to the Patriots, I think he was a key factor in the winning Super Bowl. So, it only you know, you can't pick and choose the matchups because, I mean, of course, everybody ages, gets injured, or in fades. I mean, and Reeves wasn't you know, from the Buccaneers back to the Jets and things like that, he kind of was.
2: Did you know you could shop around for prescription prices? With GoodRx, you can find free coupons at over 70,000 pharmacies and save up to 80%. It's that easy. But don't just take my word for it. Dr. Adams says, I've been telling all my patients about GoodRx. Jacqueline says, my medication was $65 without insurance, but I paid $25. Aubriana says, you don't have to pay full price to live your best life. Couldn't have said it better myself. GoodRx is 100% free. Download the Good GoodRx app today and start saving. GoodRx is not insurance.
1: The same guy, but that's just part of the game. He had already, I mean, he, I think he mastered the business game before Sherman did. I'm going to just be i yeah. I'm going to be a one-year deal, one-year contract corner. I'm going everywhere, getting top dollar, 20 mil. Like he he became a higher gun. I thought it was smart. And now you got Sherman out here negotiating his own deals. I think both of them are smart. They just kind of have a different philosophy of, what a corner should be as far as, uh, stay on one side of the field versus a a shadow corner.
0: I, I about to say I think the only the only other beef is not even beef beef because Randy Moss always speaks highly of, in my opinion, of To and Jerry, and Jerry speaks highly of Randy Moss and I think To as well. But you know, To you know To be taking shots at uh and Randy a lot too, just because of you know of the uh, the reason why To didn't make the Hall of Fame for two or three years, which was blasphemous versus Moss, you know, being on TV. And so that kind of, you know, kind of watered down his, his, uh, what, what's it called? Uh, his appearance or whatever it is, they kind of watered down and he was able to get in, you know, and we, we always had this type of beef where it's like, I'm better than you, you better than me, uh, you know, type, type situations. And I think it's one of those, you know, Sher- Sherman had time today because he, he go to Super Bowl, so he got time. <laughs> That's that's all I took from
1: it. Yeah, like the T O and Randy thing, I won't I won't stay on it too long, but to me, it, it's it's just TO being, you know, he he wants to put it full full context because there were times Randy came out and said, Oh, I don't play hard every play. There right. were <laughs> there were times where Randy mooned the crowd and people were like, Oh, that's disrespectful to the game or whatever, or you know, at certain points in his career he kind of was a diva. And it was never blown up in the media how it is when Teal goes somewhere and, oh, I, he he flexes on the Dallas star and now it's a big thing. Oh, he's oh eating popcorn, he's celebrating, or he's a locker room cancer. Like, those type of things were never brought to the full extent for Randy versus stats-wise they're almost identical. They play almost a similar amount of games, so it's not like they were far off. So I, I just think he's trying to put it full of context of – we both had similar issues on the field, never had anything off the field because Randy had, you know, some marijuana things, some other stuff. So, but, you know, on the field, they both had the things, but off the field, T.O. was never a problem off the field as far as, you know, legal trouble. I saw the one time right. he had, they had the pills that they say you got <laughs> to, you know, almost, almost die from that. But, you know, it's just full of context pretty much.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so did, did you see the news about Phil Rivers – deciding to well not deciding but you know they packed up and left San Diego finally cuz he was taking with that that 2 hour trip every day to San Diego to to LA which was you know that's that's just crazy but um yeah so he's he, he he's packed up and gone so one is he is he just packing up to go move to move closer to LA or is he packing up and he's out of the state
1: I mean I think well first of all, I wanna know what moving company he used, because with a family that big, I know they had I know they had a long day. Twenty working. trucks. I know they had a long day. I wanna know what moving company he used first of two, all. I'm
0: about to say a truck per, per kid at least.
1: Man, so I wanna I wanna know that first off. But as far as him moving, he said that he's moving out of San Diego permanently, He wants to be close to the family. He's down in Florida now. Um I'm still rolling with my thing, he'll sign with the books. <laughs> because that's what Rivers' skill set is what Arians does. They, he airs it out. Arians likes to air it out. So, um, you know, nothing's been rumored or confirmed. That's just my gut feeling on that. But I think Rivers does want to play football. He said it in his last press conference. You know he, he loved San Diego. He loved the fans. But I think right now the franchise and his career are kind of at a crossroads, similar to Brady, similar to Breeze, similar to some other teams. So, with them being at that crossroad, it's probably better for them to go ahead and move on and for him to move on. So, I mean, if you're going to move on somewhere or you're going to move your location to be closer to family, shoot, why not Florida? You're going from California with this high tax to Florida with no state tax. Man, you better go ahead and try to sign on with them bucks and make you a, a two-year run with Arians and Godwin and Evans because you'll basically have the same team you had in, on charges. Yeah. And I and I would say at least offensively anyway, and defensively, at, they, they going in the right direction with, with bowls. Yeah. And I would say at
0: least you're going to be seven and nine because Arians, no matter what his roster looks like, he's going to be average at at, at minimum. And as long as you don't throw pick sixes to the other team, hey, you he might he might turn around and win twelve games, you know?
1: Yeah, with, with the way <laughs> Chargers season have gone and the way Rivers career has gone at certain points, he'll have a great year, then he'll kinda of go to like a a 28 and 14 year for his touchdown and interceptions after this past year, he could be in the line for that 32 TDs, seven picks, and have a 10 and six season being in the playoffs. So, you know, I, I wouldn't mind seeing him on the Bucs. It'll be different not seeing him in the uh, you know, the baby blue and gold with the, with the lightning bolt. But if he goes to the Bucs, I think that'll be good of his career, at least for the next two years. He can kind of be their, their stopgap until they kind of let potentially justin Herbert develop.
0: Um uh, I don't know who whoever goes there, they better throw the ball to my boy Godwin because you know Godman Dynasty. So I'm gonna need I'm gonna need that quarterback to be good and throw it to my boy. That's all, that's all I know.
1: Yeah man if you could potentially go from Keenan Allen and Mike Will to Evans and Godwin, that's not a downgrade at all. So no, I
0: mean definitely not. Um so we had this fight, this UFC fight Saturday uh, was I think UFC 246 that yeah. uh, UFC 246 and the main event? Uh, hopefully, you was there when it started because the 40 seconds it was over. Uh, Connor McGregor versus what's his name, Cowboy Corona, Cow-
1: yeah, Cowboy Ceroni.
0: Ceroni. I'm sorry, Cerrone, Cowboy Ceroni. And you know, I thought it was you know, a crazy win. I, I the, the shoulder, the shoulder, first of all, that's that just that's just smart. <laughs> I don't think I don't, I've never seen anybody use it before. Four shoulders to the face, and then a fall by a kick, and that's pretty much all she wrote. Um, you know, it's, it's kind of hard to, to diagnose a, a fight in four that have last in 40 seconds. So, I, I'm, I'm gonna let you go.
1: Oh man, it was you know, as far as just the 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 stars coming out for it. It was big. Brady was there. You got Miles Garrett, they, ignored Baker Mayfield. I mean, <laughs> yeah, they, they 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 brought some stars out. Man, I don't want to do a whole rundown, but they brought a lot of stars out to Vegas for the for the fight. You know, Conor McGregor. He's the biggest star in UFC when he's when he's active. So that was a great thing for the sport to have him back. Um, I thought it would go at least one round and could get stopped in the second, but it didn't even go one minute. <laughs> I mean. <laughs> I mean, and I don't I don't think Connor came in with that strategy. No. I different. like I I think it just kinda happened. Like when they kind of got close, they were kind of tying up. And I mean, if dude put his face kind of close to his shoulder and you you hit him with it one time and you are like, oh, he didn't even move it. You do it again. Now he he still didn't move it. now his nose right. bleeding. He's yeah. Going. <laughs> yeah, now his nose bleed. You didn't got him with a third and fourth one, nose is broken. And so now he's trying to regroup. And once he missed that punch, it was like perfect timing. He threw his punch. Connor threw his kick. It connected. It was basically all over then. Because once he hit yeah, the bat, Connor's a, a knockout finisher. So once he went for the kill, I mean, the referee was like right on top of him. He knew it was almost, <laughs> he was almost dead. Right. He hit the ground. He was almost dead to rights then. So I mean, if, if he would have got it up, it would have been very surprised. That would have meant Connor let off the gas pedal, but he stayed on the gas pedal and got the finish.
0: I was kind of glad that the ref let it keep going, like instead of just stopping it so early. Like let them let them try to, you know, recover a little bit. But yeah, it's it's hard to hard to re- recap a forty second fight. And uh, I asked you what what is next for Conor McGregor. I've seen Floyd started posting stuff, and uh, I think what Khabib is on is on the docket. So uh, what's next for Conor, man?
1: Well, it kind of depends, like as far as how his potential opponents fare in the upcoming fights. Um, I know he probably wants that mega payday again. So, you know, Floyd can always be in the background marketing himself. I mean, that's, that, <laughs> that, that, that's, that's 15, 20 mil just sitting there just by even signing That's 15, 20 mil versus when you're going to fight, you know, somebody in your your actual sport, you'll probably get 7 to 9, 7 to 10 mil, which is still great. <laughs> yeah, still exactly, great, but- yeah. But when you're looking at fighting Floyd, that's that's twenty mil plus some pay per view back in all that kind of stuff, and some some of the live gate is different. But I, I think he's serious about the sport right now. He'll probably try to take um, since he didn't have any injuries, anything like that. We may see Conor back around maybe May, June, just because. I mean. I mean De- depending upon how his potential opponents come out in their fights the next few months, we may see Conor back in a big fight in the, in the Octagon around the summertime. And the course of that goes well, we could probably catch it in November, December, bout with Floyd again. Because I mean, I don't think either one are going to pass up 25, 30 mil.
0: No, <laughs> I'm about to say, and after that, if Conor wins that, and I mean, he's not going to beat Floyd, but he wins wins the summer fight and fight him, and you can just coast to the sunset. You good, like you said.
1: Man, he he could have coasted it after the first fight with Floyd. That's why he kind of <laughs> lost a little motivation. You know, you didn't make that kind of money, man. It's it's hard to get motivated. I think Marvin Hecker said, it, "Man, it's hard to get motivated when you're sleeping on silk sheets." <laughs> so, man, you're right, you, you're right. You're right. I mean, you got to and go run six, eight miles, and you 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 laying around in silk pajamas, silk bed sheets, mansion. It's kind of hard to stay motivated, but that's that's what separates the greats from from good to average. You, you stay locked in, motivated all the time, no matter what, what your bank account looks like.
0: Yeah, I, I think I think it was his timing, too, because, you know, he just had his, his, his newborn son. So I, I feel like that was a, also a motivation, like, uh, I'm sitting on all this money, just fought Floyd, my my son right here. Let, let me, watch, you know, I can play him, you know, watch him. Because, you know, you've seen a lot of deaths happen oh, last yeah. year, you know, boxing and, and UFC. So it's kind of like, you know, let me just enjoy my, my my child while I can, and then I can go back whenever I want to. Because, like you said, he is a big star. In UFC, so
1: and to be fair, I'm not gonna add like Cerrone was like this outstanding opponent. He's a good opponent, but not like the level that Connor's trying to get to. Like, for us, like this would submit me at the top of my weight class, top of the sport. Cerrone's a steady hand, tough guy. He's been tough, but he, his last few fights, he, he's been on the, the, wrong, the wrong end of those. So, tough. <laughs> no, he's a good, he's good fighter, well respected in, in the UFC realm. And but but kind of did what he was supposed to do to someone who's considered lesser opposition, pretty much. So, just to be fair and full contest, great performance, but in perspective, this wasn't like the top notch opposition.
0: Um, let's next on the docket, we have um, Blazers, man. We, I don't know, I just feel like I feel like they now they now they want to make all these moves. and I, to me, to be honest, I think they're all a little too late. Uh, they made a move, they traded like, Kent Bazemore. And they got what Wayne Gabriel's, uh, I think, um somebody else mistake but but the big name was Trevor Ariza, and now he's over there. I think he's on a two-year, fifteen million dollars a year contract, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, he, that he signed with the Kings for whatever reason he thought going to the Kings was the, was the right move, but now he's on the Blazers, and I've seen you tweet tweet the Dame is you know CJ about hey you got you got Melo you got Ariza. If y'all came if y'all can't win if y'all can't get this AC, which is not a that's not a hard thing to get it's not like you have to have a winning record to get it you know one you need to come on this podcast you need you need to you need to tweet us something because hey you got you got the wings now that that was that's been the, that's been the whole thing the whole time is you need some scoring from the wings you got mellow you got a reason who can play defense from the wings he got somebody who can i'm not gonna say stop him but you got somebody who can who's going to guard Kawhi LeBron down the line, and you got somebody, Melo, who can give you front court scoring. No excuse.
1: Yeah, I thought preseason when we did our NBA preview, I was like, this roster is basically Dame, CJ, and nothing else. It, it, it's built how they were built when they went 41-41 and 41 a that year. That was my main thing. Like, it's not a whole lot of depth to it. So what did they do? They went and got white side. Okay, Nurkic is out. understand that. After a little while, they kind of feel double, like double. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. walking double double, pretty much solid defender and all, all that good stuff. All right, now we need some more wing help. We got too many young guys, we got little and all these guys because Aminu's gone. So let's go get Melo. You bring in Melo, you do right by, you guarantee his deal. You're still below 500. All right, what's next? Now you go get a reason. So basically, by getting a reason, I feel like that basically has cemented your closing five no matter who you're playing when you get nurture back healthy you can do mellow at your four or raise at your three and of course you got the mama's boys damon cj at your one and two so that's just because they live with their mom for anybody who don't know about damon cj like they live with their mom for a long time so shout out jay rose uh, for calling the the mama's boys backcourt duo (laughs) so that's basically like your closing five when everything is right you know that's not that's not a bad five. It's
0: not a It's really it's really not a bad five. It's, I mean, it's probably if you can if you rank this team, it's probably at least you can you can name
1: maybe eight or nine teams better with the closing five than that. I mean, it's not that many. Yeah, it's like that's a good closing five because you can you can basically switch almost everything because Damian C J. They're not great defenders, but they're not trash. Either. They can, you right. can you can you can still switch everything. Let's just say Melo or Reese are having an off night. You still got. Nasja Little who can give you some minutes. You still got Anthony Simons who can give you some minutes. So there kinda is no excuse to not get the eight seed. There's really not an excuse to at least be competitive in whatever first round series you get. Because if you get swept again, I need wholesale changes. Everybody somebody,
0: everybody got go for everybody.
1: Like <laughs> I, I I understand Portland is the market I they're in. Dame, yeah, I mean Dame is your cornerstone and I, I mean, I like C.J. there, but I think if they were to make a wholesale change, they would probably be the guy that, that goes. Granted, that probably wouldn't be smart because you probably won't get back good value for him. He's old. But, <laughs> but you know, you, you probably won't get back a good value for him. So it kind of depends upon how their organization looks at their team. Do you run it back or do you decide to say, hey, we're going to stay the same?
0: No, I would say the reason why the Blazers do lose – it, it will still be because of depth. I mean, Rodney Hood. What? Dean tears Achilles, I believe. And then yeah. Zach Collins ain't. Been, Zach I think Zach Collins going for the year too. If i yeah yeah, he, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, I, yeah. I know Zach been banged up for a while.
0: Yeah. So you. So that that, that is two guys because you know Zach was supposed to be that. You know. You know how we've been saying Kevin Love, Kevin Love, Kevin Love. Stretch four. yeah. Right. That that's what they was missing, and Zach Collins was was fitting that role perfectly. You know, toward the playoffs, he in playoffs he was doing that. So. You know that's that's something they probably miss. Uh Kalos Swinigan was a guy I'm thinking of that was involved in that trade. So I think he's back with, for his second stint in Portland. But hey, Wayne, Wayne Gabriel, you know, I mean, I, I don't know if he's going to be on the, the roster. I don't know if he play. If he's going to play G League like he did, but when he was he played, I mean, I mean, he's a he's a guy who can, he can hit shots. He's long, six ten. Uh, he can rebound, play defense, so he's a guy. Maybe you know, maybe he might he might find some minutes on on this team. I don't know if he's going to be a factor or not, but but yeah, Blazers man. Hey, if you can't get if you can't get to see like I, I just, you don't even, you don't have to have a winning record.
1: I mean, to me, it just comes down to how they've they've drafted. Like they at one point they were nailing picks like Brandon Roy. Um, I know Lamarcus Aldridge was like the draft day trade thing already in the works for us, like the pick swap, all that kind of stuff. Of course they got Dame, they got CJ. So they were, you know, they were hitting on draft picks at certain points. But I think in recent years, unless these guys turn into something major and D'Nazio Little, the Gary Trent, or I mean, just anybody who's drafted the last three years, if they don't Zach Collins, like if they're not turning into something that is gonna be a great trade piece for something else or they're not going to emerge into your next star you're kind of stuck
0: yeah I I would say this all right, let's all right, let's say for example so right now they are the 11th 11, 11 seed Memphis is 20 and 23 they're 18 and 26 so they are two and a half games back now when you look at Grizzlies when we look at Spurs their when they, their record versus the conference is about 500. Portland is 10 and 18 in the West. So you're not you, you can't help yourself if you if you're losing to everybody. Um you know that that includes the teams better than them and also losing to the to the Grizzlies, the Spurs and the Suns of the world.
1: So basically mm-hmm. they've already played 10-18, that's 28 games. They've already played over half of the schedule versus the West out of fifty games. So you know
0: Maybe that's that, then, that that road trip
1: to the East. Maybe that's the well, well. Now they have they play half because normally yeah, you play fifty two and fifty two and thirty, and 30, 30 yeah, yeah, yeah. You, play, you, you play East twice so thirty right, right. so so fifty so you're already ten and eighteen out of twenty and out of fifty two. I mean, you're gonna struggle to get even five hundred in the Wiz.
0: I mean, Sacramento are <laughs> this Sacramento is is the fourteenth seed at fifteen and twenty eight. Uh, there are they're three games back from the Portland Trailblazers, and they're 11 and 16 in the West. They <laughs> they have a better record in the West. So I mean, it is even the Pelicans are, are 12 and 17. That's better than 10 and 18. So this could be the year. I mean, Portland they they trying. They, that's what I I think we can say they are trying with Melo and Ariza. But maybe blowing up might not be the thing they have to do. Maybe they win the lottery. Maybe they win the lottery and they can get somebody and they can come right back. I mean, if, if we're talking about like what I mean, maybe hey, uh, let's say let's say they win the lottery, you have different options because you can go get Wyvern, who's a big center. You can that means you can go ahead and move on from Whiteside and, and even Nurkish. If you, you can
1: find trade value for them, oh, well, or, Nurkic, well, well, Whiteside, I didn't know anyway because he's on the expiring deals right, so he he out anyway. And Nurkic, I think, just signed like a, a four year 40, four year 48, something like that. But then
0: you also can trade CJ, get some other stuff back, and you can go draft Lamelo Ball and have you a 6'8 guard with Dan, who can interchange because Dan Dan can play off ball. It's not like he can't. So you put some and, and get that pressure off him just like with, with CJ. So I mean you you can you can turn your team around if you're not going to make it. You might as well go ahead and just fight it out, and what happens happens. Because the Pelicans are looking like they're turning their season around with Zion on the way back. Um, Cat is finally back from Minnesota, so that's two teams that's under them that can find them way, way above the Portland Trail Blazers. And is going to get Bagley back at some point. So basically, everybody who's behind them has a reason. Their best player, well, okay, Zion is potentially their best player, been out, Cat, the best player, Timberwolves out, Bagley, one of their best players, and then the Warriors last, but obviously, Clay and no Curry. So that's another, another team with injury. So everybody behind them has a good reason to be behind them. Portland, what's your what's your excuse? You know, Rodney Hood. There's no way. There's, there's no way your team that bad because of Rodney Hood.
1: I mean, just based upon expectations, and of course, like that's how I judge. just that's how I just teams, just your expectations. So Portland, they're out in the West. They're not really. They're not really pegged to win a championship. How like when the Lakers do anything, they have to win a championship. Right. And now the Clippers have Kawhi and Paul, Paul George and you know, we got to see how that plays out. And I think Denver's maybe a year or two away from creeping into, they had to win a championship. Now I think the Mavs are a year or two away from that kind of mode too. And then of course, with the Warriors based, just based upon having Clay, Steph, Draymond, D'Angelo, Steve Kerr, and what they could potentially trade for or sign. They're in championship of bus mode. So if they don't win a championship, well, if, the Blazers don't win the championship. It's not the end of the world. But at the same time, when you have guys like Dane, who's a top 10 player in the game, you do want to try to at least get him to one, you know, one finals at least. Right. Mm, I don't know. <laughs> but, but, but it, it, it's going to be hard too, because you got LeBron, and AD, Kawhi, PG, and these other, other young teams, like you mentioned, Pelicans, Kings, like these other teams, Denver, Dallas, like these other teams are coming. And we like – we both love the book Suns might be on their way hey, in, in the
0: end. <laughs> I like that so.
1: So, Blazers might be on their way. They might they might have, I think, last year they peaked, man. They probably on the downside going forward,
0: yeah. And you was lucky to get to the conference championship, um, based off injuries and stuff. But, um,
1: and we didn't even mention Houston, what they're gonna do going forward,
0: <laughs> right? Yeah, as long as they got James Harden, they probably will be better than the Blazers,
1: or uh, uh, eight, seat, <laughs> one of the eight seats, anyway.
0: Um. Yeah, so yeah, so Portland. Hey, may, maybe this is. I, I'm not gonna say this is a splash. I think this is more of a drip uh, <laughs> that they made in the West uh, because I I just don't see them catching the Grizzlies. I don't see them catching the Spurs. And and Phoenix in there, they only like I said, they only two games above them. But I just I don't know. Maybe maybe a reason might be the piece. I, I'm not gonna knock it off until I see it. But I I, I know I know they they're they're sceptical to losing to like somebody in the West. Like like let's say Portland has a had a game where they have – Pelicans, Jazz, Warriors, Clippers—they still might go awful. Like, and and that you know that's that's bad. Especially when you have yeah. 2 gimmies, you know.
1: Yeah, they're 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 in a bad spot. Well, they're in an okay spot, it, it, but it could get bad in a hurry.
0: Man, hashtag tank for the memo. <laughs> that, that, that's that's my answer.
1: <laughs> we'll have to see.
0: Um, lastly, um, the so the All Star game is coming up. I mean, maybe like two weeks. I uh, know maybe a two weeks after the Super Bowl. So yeah, fi-
1: it's on uh, the sixteenth of February.
0: So my my I finally put my my first voting in, and I'm probably gonna leave it at that. I'm only gonna vote one time, just like a did for Pro Bowl. So we can discuss who we think the starter should be and why, really quick. Uh, I I think I think that there's not many two guys that can be debated for the starting gig. Um, uh, but 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 def, definitely, um, I think we might have a, a couple of different answers. So we, let's let's start in the west. Um, I have Anthony Davis, LeBron James from the Lakers, of course. Um, Kawhi Leonard from the Clippers, Luca, and James Harden.
1: As my I, have, I have the exact same for the west, that, that's that's basically three of the top MVP runners, mm-hmm. prob, probably the potential defensive player of the year, Anthony Davis, and then you have Kawhi, who's. Basically, the best reigning Finals MVP. Even though last season doesn't count, he's the reigning Finals MVP, and he's basically when he's on the floor, the Clippers are dominant. So, and they're what I think third in the West as of today. So, yeah, I, that, that that's the right starting five.
0: I, I would I would say the, a a couple of guys that did catch my attention, and <clears throat> I I really I really couldn't vote for Cat because if he missed so many games, to me I don't really take I don't really take winning too much into consideration for All Star game. Um, because it, you know it's it's more about the individual, and you know Cat as far as what he's doing, he's right up there with all these guys. It's just the fact that he missed near a month, and I you know I don't feel like a guy like Cat or, or or Paul George should be starters, Um, and may or may not even make the All Star game depending on that factor alone of being hurt. Um, but hey, a lot of there's been a lot of injuries this season, so and a lot of injuries that people guys ain't haven't even played, so. That's that's another reason. But Cat, I looked at Paul George. I thought I thought they, you know, if, if they did make it, they were I mean they were worthy of it because they have played great seasons when they have played. Um but those on two guys I even looked at besides those five.
1: Uh for a starter, I didn't look at anybody else. Like to me, that was that was it. Like no the, the Randy Harden has had some crazy shooting nights. Um Ooh. But, Tell for me the most, <laughs> but for the most, for the most part, Harden's been dominant. I mean, you're averaging 37. You have to be. You're, he he you're, got
0: put him in there. Come on, like dude,
1: you're, you're you're the leading scorer in the NBA. You're in there. Not fault. Luca's one of the top two or three for MVP, getting nightly triple doubles. He deserves it. LeBron is leading league in assists at his age. He, I think, he's top five to seven in points right now. Mm-hmm. He ha- he has to be in there. Like I said, AD right now, if I have to vote he missed a few games, but right now I think AD is the defensive player of the year. He has to be there. And Kawhi, I think he's the best wing what? defender. <laughs> he's, he's averaging like 26, 27 and he's carrying the Clippers. But well, he's not carrying, he's leading the Clippers. So that's why that, that's my five as well.
0: Uh So that's, that's pretty much easy in the East. Uh, who do you have?
1: Uh, in the East for the three forwards, um, of course, you got to go Giannis. I think he's number one right now for MVP. Yep.
2: Yeah,
1: he's, I mean, leading the league in double-doubles. Um, he's one of the top scorers in the league. I mean, one of the highest field goal percentage in the league. And to a certain extent, he's taken a step up in his game with his jump shot. It's not the best, but it's been some spots where he has taken a somewhat step up in his game. So Giannis, for sure. Um, I debated this one, but... I'm going to go Jimmy as well. What the Heat are doing, I can't say it's all on him, but he's a big part of it to what where they, where they've gotten to. So I'm going to go Jimmy. And then he's missed some games, but when he's been out there, he's been dominant, I'll say Embiid. Now, if he stays hurt and can't make it, I'll go Pascal Siakam. But for right now, I'm going Giannis, Jimmy Butler, and Embiid. And at the guard spots, Kimba. What the Celtics are doing, I think it's – not because of him again, but he's one of the key factors to it. And I think uh, – I got to go Trey, y'all. The, I understand the team is only has nine, ten wins, but come on. Trey's been a highlight reel. Numbers are crazy. He's one of the top guys. He uses rates. Crazy. <laughs> I mean, they have – they lost college for 25 games. I mean, Trey only did what he could do. He's one of the top five, I think, in points and assists as well. So just based upon like, – it is – when they say your Hall of Fame resume, they say seven-time All Star. They don't say seven-time All Star team was team was at forty-one and whatever <laughs> at All Star break. It's it's, it's it's your individual resume. So right based upon the numbers, Trey Trey's All Star.
0: Um, <clears throat> I pretty much have the same except so I didn't vote NB. I voted Pascal Siakam. I think he has a better season. I think I think when we talk, when we talk about the NBA preview, I was sitting the same, like are still gonna be there, like, and people, you know, oh, they're losing Kawhi Leonard, so you know, they're going back. Blah blah blah. No, they're still a top three team, and he he missed games as well. Um, but he's he's playing lights out. They're, They're they're a top three seed right now, nine back from Milwaukee Bucks. And you gotta think with Kawhi, they're probably what three or four games back. So, and we've been saying that Siakam was on the Giannis trajectory. And and boom, he's took he took another step. So um I, I'm going, I'm going Siaka for, for me, Jimmy, and I'm going Giannis of all things you said. And for my backcourt, it's a little different. I didn't go Kim. I did go Trey Young. I did go Trey Young. I, I do agree with you on that. Um, I actually went Brandon Bill And I know I've I been riding him hard uh for him uh, deciding to stick with the wizards. Um, but he's still playing phenomenal. He took another step up. I think mean, he's putting up like 27 points a game. Like five and five. I mean, th- those those stats alone is just what it is. And and yeah, we can say he's on a losing team, say they would trade, but obviously, you put Trey Young on a winning team or Bradley Beal on a winning team, we're talking about them in a whole different light. So, um, I, I went Bradley Beal because one, I'm one. I think I think you you can go him or Kimba. I mean, Kimba's not a bad choice either. Um, but you know, I, I've I've seen games where Kimba probably the most consistent one out of the the Boston bunch. But Wizards need Bradley Beal to even try to compete, which they never do. But they, they, without
1: him, they they really do can't do just like Trey Young.
0: So I went Bradley
1: Beal. Yeah, my my tiebreaker like when numbers are close, I use winning or winning situation as a tiebreaker. But for the most part, I just look at what are you doing individually, and I just think Kimba's having a career year, and most of his 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 numbers, and of course, he's kind of like. Taking the Celtics up a notch a little bit, in my opinion. So I gave him a nod because of good numbers. Celtics are winning situation, and I think trade trade is undeniable. I mean, just granted the, the team, like I said, team is bad usage is high, but to be where he's at points and assist wise, I I, I would go him over over Bill. But I, I would have Bill as reserve though. I think I think Bill and Ben are my two reserve guards. Yeah, i mean
0: like i said it just it, it just it just depends on uh you know what you look at and you know it my thing is if if people do want to give me the the, the flack about bradley bills not winning then i'm always going to use the trey young like yeah he he's probably the undeniable but hey i mean this this guy this guy is on it too you know what i mean like he's not it's not like he it's not like he barely doing something like he, he he's on a rampage and yeah probably because you know he don't have any help that does help so um but yeah, I, I I think definitely Bradley Bill and will be there. Um, there's it, it, a lot of guys that we you know that we left off um, in the East and West. I I'm, I'm really I'm really interested to see what the coaches do because obviously we know the starters are going to be voted by fifty percent fifty percent fans twenty five players twenty five percent coaches so uh we'll just we'll see like we we know Caruso and all that he's not going to make it and Kyrie. Like to be honest, like he better not. He better not make the list. Like he, 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 bet, he better, he better not be a reserve. No, he no, he better not make a team at all. I'm sorry, you can't miss what 25 something games, and when you play, of course you're going to be good because there's there's nobody else on your team. As he far heard as, it as like now, you know, hamstring yeah, tight. Yeah, so I I don't I really don't want to hear that. He's talking about some <clears throat> people want to see the best players. People want to see the players who be playing.
1: <laughs> yes, yeah, like just for your, your name, is <laughs> Kyrie Don't mean you just make the All Star game. Like I'm not right. with that. Like, dude, nah. you need to. You got to be on the your, your team. Not winning, you weren't helping them win. You missing all these games, bro. No, you. This is a year you cannot make the All Star team.
0: Yeah, nah, def, definitely. Not. Um, but yeah. So it, here's the top five leaders, and to me, this I'm not saying this is why I voted him, but it is a, a big reason. So James Harden number one, Giannis number two, Trey Young. Luca and Bradley Beal. That's the top five leading scores in the NBA. And uh we talked about and this is a reason why another reason why LeBron, Luca, and Trey Young are are double down, double down while they're in there. LeBron J leading uh assists, Luca third, and Trey Young fourth. Like don't you know, you can just look at you can look at the stats and you, it, it tells you right there, like who who who's there, and who's not. Um, Ben Simmons, like you said, reserve, he's top five in assists, number one in steals. You know he's gonna be there because he and I don't know, man. I feel like this little everybody I've been seeing a lot of people harp on Ben Simmons a lot. I don't know. I don't know what y'all want this man to do. 16, 8, and 9. Is that not enough? I mean, I mean, y'all want him to score 27 points too? I mean, he's not, he's not Luca. I mean, you know what I'm saying? Like he's not Luca. He's not, he's not James Harden. So I'm sorry that he don't shoot threes. I'm sorry, y'all.
1: Yeah, like, I would like him to get to 18 to 20, but what <clears> he's doing, what he's doing now is good. And like I like being Like, I'm one of those guys that I don't like when people crap on Lonzo Ball. It's like, like, the dude came into like, whenever guys only play one year of college, it's been shown that they take longer to develop unless you're just a LeBron James who can walk right in or you're a Luka who can walk right in and just dominate. most guys who only play that one year of college ball – they need time to come in, and it takes about two years to get adjusted to the NBA because these guys already have their NBA bodies. Like, right. you have to work into yours, and and then you'll see how, um, you know, see how your game comes together and what you can be. I mean, the knock on Ben is he can't or won't shoot. It doesn't matter. He's still one of the best defensive players, one of the best passers and stuff like that. So, like, I don't believe – He's Like, he's big. <laughs> yeah, you're, you're like – like I don't really knock Ben. I just feel like, as most people do, him and Embiid can't coexist together. That, mm-hmm. That's really it.
0: Now, <clears throat> on, on, on that, okay. So, Luca, let's just take Luca versus Ben for example. All right, Passability. ability. I mean, they both do a pretty, lot pretty,
1: pretty much the same.
0: Luca is one-sided. Ben Simmons can play both ends, right? Luca shoots the ball. He's he take he taking twenty shots a game right now. He's doubling what Ben Simmons is taking a game. Obviously, he's gonna score more points. I mean, that, that's just simple. He averaging what? 20, 29 points a game. So with 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 10 more shots than, than Ben Simmons gets. If Ben Simmons' volume rate was was that high, his scoring would go up. I mean, that's just I mean, that's just simple math. I mean, I, I don't know how to paint the picture to the people. When is it, when almost averaging a triple double bad? I just don't, you know, I don't because we say he don't shoot, he can't shoot. All right, let's let's say if he can't, but then y'all criticize Russell Westbrook for shooting all these shots. You can't, you can't. I mean, you can't win. There's no way for you to win. Like he don't shoot and have a better IQ and make a better decision versus shooting a jump shot. You know you can't make and keep jacking them after <laughs> you can't. <make>
1: them. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and be, a, be i about to say being inefficient. <laughs> and sometimes Russ have a high turnover. Being don't really turn the ball over that much either.
0: Right. So I mean. I don't, I don't know, man. I, I, you just, you just, you can't have, you can't have both, both sides of the spectrum, and and think, you know, you, you're going to win. So, I mean, I mean, if, if you shot more, of course, that's going to be. I think, I think it's going to happen. I mean, Giannis, Giannis, wasn't a shooter, and now he's starting to pull it. He didn't pull like that either. So, it's it's, it's, it's going to come. And once he does that, I mean, what what can you say about Ben? Because he's going to take. Let's say, let's say his shots go from 11 to 16 a game, and those 16s are threes, and he make two of them. So now instead of him averaging 16, he averaged 22 points with nine and nine. Like boom. I mean, that's he's one of the best players in the league. That just, just that fast.
1: Yeah, it's one of those things, man, where people can't make up their mind. Oh, oh LeBron the GOAT. He ain't got six rings. Well damn Mike ain't Mike ain't got eleven, so <laughs> Bill <on> the GOAT. <laughs> Like, bro, pick a, pick a dang side, man. Like, you can't, yeah. you can't, you can't be trying to change the argument up when it when it fits your when it fits your narrative. Oh, like, oh, so now now range matter, but in this case, it don't matter. Like, I mean, it's the same thing. Like, okay, well, the numbers matter, but he's shooting 15 more shots, but now the numbers don't matter. So, like, man, yeah, yeah. You, you gotta, you, you got, you gotta be consistent. You gotta. I'm not, I'm not saying. Okay, I like to pick a side and stick to it, and that's just what it is. But I, I understand there is great area, but don't try to argue for both sides either. Yeah, that's what right it is. is. Don't don't try yeah. to argue for both sides. Like don't 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 say one minute, oh, Ben is this, and then next minute be like Russ is this, like you because it's like you said, it's no win.
0: Yeah, you can't. You you definitely can't win about it. Um, did you know when they're going to announce the uh the All Star?
1: Uh, they're gonna do the starters on. Thursday, the 23rd, and then they'll announce the reserves on the 30th, so which is next Thursday.
0: All right, so we'll we'll come back to y'all next week about um, the All-Star starters when we think about that, and, of course, I think what well, the draft is going to happen with the reserves, so we're going to see team, most likely team Giannis versus team Luca. That's what I hope. I mean, I think LeBron took the leading vote-getters, but um, team Giannis versus team Luca would be great, in my opinion.
1: Yeah, I think it's time just to – I mean, I love LeBron, and, I want to appreciate him while he's here. So if he gets it, I won't be mad. But All I right. think I think of Doncic versus Giannis gets it. That'll be a, a intriguing uh, intriguing draft uh, philosophy for, for both guys. How
0: about say I think I think Luke. Remember that video? Luca was upset that he didn't make the All Star and if, to, to go from you know, not, not making, making it, it to being the captain. Be, be, yeah, be, because because
1: because last year he did have the fan vote. He just didn't get the the player and coaches. Right, on, right. Uh,
0: yeah. So yeah. So so I mean. Hey, I, I think I think I think that's great in itself, and I think two international players uh, picking against each other. I think I think that'd be great because you know, uh, Olympics coming up, and I think you know that just all fit to fit fit the theme of uh, what was about to happen. So it's gonna, it's gonna be good, especially after, especially who get picked last. That's I, that's always fun.
1: Oh yeah, for sure, man. Yeah, <laughs> they, yeah, they gotta start doing it. Uh, like what's what's his name the Mister Irrelevant.
0: <laughs> <laughs> all right, so that's all the time we got. Uh, from Kev to Rashad Preach Kev Preach with Rashad we are the prophets here on 12-hour sports iHeartRadio Spotify Apple Podcasts Google Podcasts hey we out
1: hey happy retirement to Dean Pease too man great career damn I didn't
2: know that nigga thought.